Assalamu alaikum everyone. Welcome back to Mindful Moments and we are back to our Friday night show where we are talking all about well-being, your well-being, our community's well-being. Um, as you know, I have been continuing a series on domestic abuse. It's been very heavy and um, tough, uh, especially talking with our guests, but very, very valuable for our community. Uh, as you know, my name is Farah, I'm your host, and hopefully today we will have a very special and important uh, episode on domestic abuse. And if you do want to get in contact with us as as usual, uh, you'll, you can contact us via any of our social media at Inspire or email us at info at inspirefm.org. If you have any questions, if you want to ask for specific advice relating to domestic abuse or want to contact any of our guests from the past or today, do get through to us through these uh, contacts and we'll be happy to help you. Okay, I hope you've all had a great week. It's been a long week. Uh, I'm hoping the weather is warming up here in the UK and uh, we might be going into spring a bit prematurely, it seems. It's been quite a warm week. Uh, and inshallah, we are also approaching Ramadan soon for those who practice Ramadan. Um, so it's an important series. We'll, we'll be having an exciting series by my co-host Yasmin um, for Ramadan, inshallah. So keep an eye out on that and also some uh, interesting topics uh, relating to motherhood. But that is for another time. So let's get straight into it. My guest today is um, someone who has had unfortunately a fair share of her experiences in abuse, uh, both physical and psychological. And the pseudonym I'll use for my guest to protect her identity is uh, Noreen. So um, I will introduce Noreen. Salaam alaikum. Alaikum salam. How are you doing, Noreen? Alhamdulillah, really well, thank you. Thank you. Good, 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 good. And um, it's been a busy week for you. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's good to be busy, and the sun's coming out today, so yeah, it is. It's it's nice. So, Noreen, I, I really, really, firstly appreciate you coming on. It's a very vulnerable thing and very um, courageous thing and admirable, admirable to be sharing your experiences with us, inshallah, so that the people can benefit and um, gain some insight and advice from what you've lived through. Um, and unfortunately, it's the case for a lot of people where they do go through this and then the, the benefit of it, I guess, is that you they, they're sort of motivated to help others as much as they can um, through their experiences. Um, so, um, Noreen, if you if you want to start with, if we if I can ask you what the summary of your experiences of abuse uh, were uh, regarding your marital situations. Yeah, I think I'm. Um... So I most recently left my husband. I'm not yet divorced. Um, mm -hmm. I was supported by a refuge um, to 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 flee, but it it was a very long and protracted process. And uh, my husband, uh, I thought I thought that he had PTSD, um, but he was diagnosed with two personality disorders, which are very violent and difficult. Um, so, and yeah, it became an insurmountable challenge to try and have a marriage. It just became too hard. 
I, I think mm -hmm. the easiest way to say it. Um, I, it, I couldn't do anything. In the end, I couldn't do anything. So, um, and I earned more than him, and I had more responsibility for the household than him. And he had his family from a, a previous marriage. And um, I think I, I just got to the point where everything was degraded. Everything fell apart. Um, my friends, my family, my finances, my well-being, my physical health, my mental health. Um, I just about held on to my career. Um, and that's it. And my career is my vehicle to get out of the mess that I've been trying to pull myself out of. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Um... So that, that, yeah, gosh, you, you have been through a lot and it's all very raw. Um, and what was I going to ask? You've come, you, you're sort of out of that, you're not divorced, but um, what I've, I guess what you're trying to say is everything that you had because of the complete destructive nature of your marriage, it ended up affecting everything around you and the things that you had like your finances and your health i don't yeah. even now look in the mirror and i do not recognize myself because my body right. what it was my face doesn't look how it was and um, i've started i've got a stress related problem now where my hair falls out my hair sheds i don't have the hair i used to have i look at and i just look at me and i don't even recognize myself Mm. And did you say that this was a you you this wasn't your first experience, was it? No, no. I'd been married uh, before, and uh, he hadn't been diagnosed with personality disorders. Um, but he uh, he was he was violent and financially abusive, um, and I didn't really see it until a neighbour called the police when he lost it uh, one time. Mm. But. They were both very controlling and sometimes you think when someone cares about you so much and is really interested in what you're doing it's because they love you but it control is not love yeah it's interesting what you're saying there you couldn't actually you you didn't realize there was financial abuse and and it was getting quite serious until your neighbor called the police and i feel like with a lot of women that's the case where they are so caught up in especially the psychological and emotional abuse that they're not seeing how controlling and manipulative the situation is how how what sort of so so just so people can be aware or like if they see this in themselves or other people for example financial abuse what sorts of things were happening that um are now in retrospect i guess now you can look back and say yes that was abuse but you didn't realize it at the time i think it was one of my friends that says like money exposes people because i used to say money changes people but one of my friends, um, he's turned around and said to me, it doesn't change people, it exposes them. That's when you see their core character. That's yeah. when you see how they treat you financially. And on, and there were issues with, 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 with both. And I should have looked at those and I should have thought if that's how they behave with others, eventually it will be me. Um, I think my first husband saved £98,000 in the year and a half that we were married, but refused to contribute to the home we lived in wow okay so that in the sense where you were oh, you had no choice but to pay for everything because yeah. of his actions okay so right and i guess islamically it's it's interesting because obviously abuse and all these various terms are often here defined by the western framework but islamically that 
I wonder if that would come under Islamic. I wonder if there's a, such a thing as Islamic sort of abuse, because obviously, as as our listeners may know, the roles are the husband provides financially and the lady, in, depending on various opinions, uh, looks after the home. But yes, so he was completely abusing that uh, and not even fulfilling his rights. Okay, interesting. And in terms of um, emotional or psychological abuse, are there any examples either from your, uh, the most recent um, marriage or the one from four? Yeah, there's loads, there's so much. And you come back and you think, what on earth was I doing tolerating that? Yes, but you, yeah. don't realize, you don't realize at the time. And it's it's a very slow, it's like a slow dripping tap that will eventually fill up a bucket. Mm-hmm. Yes. Husband, yeah, my first husband could have told me that black was white and I would have believed him. I absolutely would have believed him. I had no reason to. But then I'm... That was uh, that was as in due to the build up yeah. of abuse, not right at the beginning. Oh, so, no. so often they don't uh, sort of go full fledged abuse at the beginning. Like you said, they build it up, and then by the end of it, you're believing anything he's saying, right? Yeah, uh, to the point, and I think the point when I kind of so what had happened was that I think with the first, with my first husband when the police were called. He, he used to get angry and he'd lock my phone in his van and I wouldn't be able to get it. And I just have to wow. wait to have permission to get it back. Or he'd lock me in the back of the van a couple of times. Then it was like locking the house and I was stuck inside the fourth floor flat, lock the door from the outside and I can't get out. Um, and I kind of tolerated it. Um, but, you know, that's after a good couple of years of like sustained program. And then you don't want to be a failure. And Islamically, like you think, I don't want to look at someone and say they're bad because I have my own character flaws. And I think that's yeah. one of the big battles was that, you know, there's that saying when you point the finger, literally, there's three pointing right back at you. That's, and you don't want to say that about that person. You don't want to think that they're like that. And you don't want to be a failure. But actually, what they're doing is wrong. Um, and everything changed. So as soon as I got married, I couldn't wear the clothes I used to wear before I got married. Okay. You wouldn't, sorry, what? I wasn't allowed to hold my husband's hand walking down the street. Right, okay. So I got married to him. Um, I wasn't allowed to wear the Western jeans and hoodies that I was wearing before. They were a problem now because I was married. And it all, the amount of control just started to increase and increase. And mm-hmm. it just didn't stop. Um, what about interaction with other genders, uh, with other men, sorry? So I work in a, a male-dominated field. Mm-hmm. I quite often be sat on boards where I am the only female, let alone the only Muslim, let alone the only ethnic minority, and <laughs> I'm used to that. But it would drive me mad. I was accused of having affairs. Um, in my field, people need to be able to contact each other quite quickly. It was always, I think one time, my husband found out that my boss was divorced. He threw a table across the room during the working day because we were both working from home right well i just was like then you become obsessed with how to keep them calm you don't live yes yeah and also often we find a lot of cases that 
there is it's all linked if there is a controlling element there there's also a lot of paranoia and insecurities as well and i guess that all feeds into the like you said the personality disorders or the complexes that the partner is actually suffering and that's actually coming out in various different ways like the paranoia um okay and if you are comfortable to share noreen um in terms of physical experience before we move on to other uh, other topics um what what sorts of things did you survive um so i think the night that yeah um there was sexual abuse um there was physical uh there were bruises there was hair pulling um i'd get i actually worked in uh safeguarding child safeguarding and mm -hmm. i got injuries that i would read about in children's abuse reports um, I'd get cheeky eye, which is when a blood vessel like bursts in your eye, and I'd only heard about it through reading child rep uh, abuse reports. Um, As in, from stress or for, from physical impact? Physical impact and shouting. Right. So he would hit you. Yeah, yeah. Um, pinned up against walls, hands on my throat, um, just go raging, raging. That's nothing. I think one okay. one time the house got smashed up because I'd asked him to help me tidy up and I was still cleaning up broken glass like four months later mm. so, it sounds but in our culture there's so much stigma you don't want to fail you're not yeah, yeah and you don't want to and and during this whole time um presumably you didn't tell any of your family because you didn't want them to worry or you didn't let anyone know even though it was the second time you'd been through it you got it gets this, the same cycle sort of happens yeah. right yeah you don't want to disappoint your family and you don't want to put them through it sometimes you're like it's my decision i made it i've just got to bear it and deal with it but you don't want to hurt them and in our culture as well like and in our religion the family bond is so important and being gentle to your parents and being kind and ultimately your parents will become your children because they're going to need you and you need and you're going to have to step in if you can if you have that and that gives you the opportunity so you don't want to put them through the trauma of knowing um and you try and protect them but you're not protecting anyone you're failing yourself by doing that mm -hmm. yeah 100 um i think that's the hardest bit and there's obviously lots of cases i'm sure you've heard about as well where the woman is suffering physical and all sorts of abuse for 10 15 20 years and someone from the outside just looks at them and thinks how are you not telling anyone and how is no one known about this and even some people know and, and they just don't know what to do about that situation because it's so fragile um okay that, yeah that, uh, that's that's and and have you are you getting sort of therapy or how have you dealt with your previous one and how are you dealing with your current one in terms of your well-being i think i think what i've yeah, it's not, um, I, yeah, there is therapy. I started seeing, I actually started to see an Asian Muslim therapist. I mm -hmm. specifically hunted her out because I needed to understand myself as an Asian, as a Muslim. Cause, yeah. And she, she was really great. She just said to me, you, you live outside the box and you think outside the box. And that really helped me accept myself because I mm -hmm. am different, but Allah made me, Allah made you, Allah made us all equal. So the differences that he made in me maybe they're not that bad 
Um, so um, that helped. Um, and I think if you accept your itself, you'll find it easier to accept to not accept the things that are going on that are wrong. Um, <laughs> so that's helped. Um, it's been quite destabilizing financially. It's been quite difficult. It cost me four and a half thousand in total to leave. So I had to pay double rents. I had to find alternative accommodation. I had to get moving. I had to get stuff into storage. Um, it was very difficult, um, but I did it. Um, and the fact that it's it crippled me financially has made, probably added to my resolve because I can't go back and I can't go through that again. Um, yeah, I have been degenerated to the point of having to use food banks and things like that. And I'm a pretty mm -hmm. well professional woman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're really great they they i just told them everything and they've been really kind and helpful but you have to have no shame and just accept that what's coming to your life has happened and you've tried to get out of it and you need to do the best you can there's no merit in staying and keeping them happy allah created us to worship him and if someone is grinding you down to the point that you can't even breathe to think you are not doing serving Allah's purpose in your existence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and 100%. 100%. And yet the, everything you're saying is so admirable, Noreen, and so just uh, your your resilience. And I said this to you on the phone, you sound like a very adaptable woman because you've just been through so many different situations that you've just had to be like, okay, I just need to get on with it and this is it. This is this is what the cards God has dealt with me and he doesn't look at the result, he looks at your uh how how you deal with it in the time and your and your graciousness in it all, I guess. And you're right, our bodies and our souls and our minds are all a gift from God and that's our priority. It's not whether someone else is okay um whilst they're battering you alive um so yeah a really important message there um we've actually so so we've not got too long left but i i do want to go on towards sort of the the practical tips um in terms of red flags noreen so you you've survived two like marriages or that have been yeah. incredibly abusive um how how do you how perhaps will you going forward or any advice to women out there how do you spot these uh the these criminals really and these abusive yeah. people before you get married to them <laughs> yeah the first thing you've got to do is look at how they treat others not you mm -hmm. that's the first thing because it's always the honeymoon period there's love bombing they're showering you with so much attention that you feel valued and all the rest of it but how they treat others is how they're going to start treating you and that's what you need to look at and what was interesting was that he was both of them appeared to be so well liked and so on but as soon as I got out of it there were a lot of men that said they didn't like them and I mm -hmm. think like men see men differently so hearing it from my colleagues to say there's something shady about that person they didn't like something about his character that really impacted me so I think it is important to ask for opinions but it's also important to look at how they treat others it's important <laughs> to look at who their friends are um, and it's important to just be aware of how they treat you financially and others financially those I think are really big key signs and I think if I'd listened I would have yeah my 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 husband that I've just left he used to make jokes about me and put me down in the beginning and instead of just walking away 
I used to say to him, like, oh, you really hurt my feelings. Can you not do that again? Actually, what I should have done was that that's what his character's like and just walked away. Mm-hmm. That's what I should have done. And that I'm not going to go into the degradation that I experienced with him, but it was horrific how he degraded me. Yeah, um, especially if it's repetitive, then yeah. you sort of wake up to a sign and be like, hang on, this is quite a red flag here. Um, also, what you were saying about how they treat others i do find with a lot of people that i've spoken to and you often hear that abusive personalities tend to be really well liked in the community and they have a very good front in terms of good connections and very nice and well to do so like it's quite difficult i feel in some cases to spot that um but i think the tip you said about the friends i mean obviously if you can see that they're being awful with people that's a blessing that is right there in front of you but if you can't see that then next thing you were saying is go to what their friends are like and that's often a very key thing and um there's often been situations where people are quite tentative about uh letting their fiance or soon-to-be wife meet their friendship circle because yeah. of that exact reason, or even their family or extended family, because there's just a lot of, you know, uh, skeletons in the closet, as they say. Um, yeah. That's a really key point. And uh, what was the other thing? Okay, so, and the other thing I was going to say is uh, words, a lot of words. So I've heard women um, fall in love or they are attracted to someone by the words that they hear from the man and often that's a that's a weakness because obviously he can say everything you want him to say yeah, and he will yeah. say everything that will make you feel like you said valued and everything and also yeah. that's sort of, yeah um but then action is very different and, and that's why it's like you said it's important to see their interactions in various different situations um I should have looked at that and when he was putting me down to other mm. people, I would have looked at that and said his actions do not value me and do not care about me and that's where I went wrong because his words, I just was like, yeah, that's what he says. But then we have neurodiversity in our family so and my type of neurodiversity means I'm more likely to trust you um, and your words because why would you lie to me? Because the way my brain's wired. So I think there is something about knowing yourself as well, definitely. Yeah, um, 100%. Knowing you'll know yeah that what you won't pick up or will pick up as well um but yeah absolutely there's nothing there, there you know there's that thing in the gram that people have debate about the admonishing your wife um comment but there is nothing in our religion that says we are there to tolerate and carry another human being who is putting us and darkening putting a shade over us and limiting our light and our potential that's not marriage in islam it might say marriage is half your deen if you are blessed with the opportunity but if it doesn't come your purpose here is to worship Allah and do your best and live your best life that is what you have to do and if exactly. not, then you are not fulfilling your purpose Islamically no matter what any patriarchal conditioning tells you yes 100% and and it's meant that, like there's verses like you said in the Quran that talk about marriage being tranquility and that's the goal of it so that you can reach god and it's meant to be a vehicle for you in a positive way um so yeah that's to cover each other yeah the garments that's it you don't wear garments made of thorns (laughs) yeah exactly and um we might i don't we won't have time to talk about sort of the 
childhood trauma aspect today but what I would say is obviously Noreen you mentioned you've had that experience in your background as well but just in few seconds how important is it to work on your traumas before you get into a relationship and, and why sure i think we're from a diaspora we come from countries that were had problems our grandparents saw invasions colonialism lived through imperialism all of that stuff that's not far from us it's happening now with gaza that we come mm -hmm. from backgrounds of trauma which means people will carry trauma and mm -hmm. we might live in, in households where there is trauma manifest through what our parents have been through and we need to understand what good love is and what healthy love is and when you understand what healthy love is then you'll accept that and perhaps some of the conditioning that we've lived with through our very existence um perhaps you can then kind of tip the balance a bit thank you so much that is actually i think the best thing to end on because i think it's everyone listening I think needs to assess their life, assess their childhood. You don't have to have gone through like huge traumas um, or just know, like you said earlier, know yourself. And some for, for especially, like you said, the diaspora, there is uh, intergenerational trauma. Look at yourself and don't be afraid to um, work on things that will help you grow and be a better person and foster and uh, nurture beautiful relationships that are healthy and not toxic, right? Noreen, thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for sharing your incredibly difficult uh, experiences and everything you've been through. And I really appreciate, I really appreciate you sharing that. And hopefully so many people have benefited by listening to this and um, everyone else. Thank you for listening and I will see you. I think I've got one more episode left in this series. Um, it's been incredible, but thank you and we'll see you next week. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum.